0: be seated. <clears throat> hey babe, I love you. Okay. Well, it's good to be here this morning, isn't it? I got one person shaking their head, so we got <laughs> because, uh, <clears throat> some participation. So uh, I love, um, if you didn't know, it wasn't our main worship team. Um, I love when I get to uh, help out with that, um, but I'm super thankful for uh, the worship group that we have leads every Sunday. So uh, I'll be back here next Sunday. Um, so we're actually in a series, uh, it's called Why. Uh, if you didn't know, my name is Michael. I'm the pastor. If you're online with us, then we're glad you're here. If you're in person, uh, then likewise. I'm glad to see your faces, smiling faces for most of us. And so when we think about this question of why, we Think about a lot of like why things happen in life, right? Uh, maybe when it's when something bad happens, we go, you know, God, why would you allow that to take place? And uh, maybe it's when it's something good happens, we go, God, now why did that good thing happen? I know we didn't deserve that, but you know, thank you for that. And so we ask a lot of why questions in life. And um, if you've been around children, especially young children between that you know two to five age range, we have one of those. Along our oldest. Uh, there's a there's a time period where why is about the only thing that is coming out of uh, out of her mouth, and so you know at times it can be frustrating. You're going, well, you I, you should know the answer to that, but but they don't, right? So we're asking we're answering that why question. So today, I want to do the same thing and just answer this why question of why life, why life. Uh, and so as you're turning your Bibles, you can go and hit Matthew chapter 16, first. We'll be in a couple of different places. Matthew chapter 16 will be the first place. Uh, So why life? There should be a a slide up there with another phrase on it. Yeah, why life? And the phrase to remember uh, is, what is the meaning of life? Everybody loves babies, right? (laughs) Baby on the screen. Inquisitive, right? They're always wondering, what's going on? They're learning things. So what is the meaning of life? We, if you were to ask just, you know, someone walking down the street, uh, you'd probably get a number of responses. Um, it might be, well, to, you know, to, maybe if you're talking to a high school kid, well, to get, you know, to go to college, get good grades, go to college, get a good job. Well, then what? Well, you know, yeah, start a family and, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, <clears throat> get older and, you know, hopefully, you know, take care of things in life and set things up, you know, maybe better for the next person, for my kids. And a lot of times it seems like in our culture, you know, God's really not a part of the equation. Um, his, uh, his desire for our life to grow and to serve Him. Um, <clears throat> we were talking about the message this morning. Alana had gotten up a little bit early, and so she was in my office, and I said, well, honey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the message, so just let me know what you think. And as I was going through this, I asked this question, what is the meaning of life? And she, she said, I didn't ask her, I just was going through my, you know, my notes, and uh, she said, to serve God serve God. And so it's a good place to start, but I want to give you some more details than that. Uh, Go to a little comic strip. Maybe you recognized it before. We all love Snoopy, right? So um, maybe you grew up uh, getting the paper on the weekends, on Saturday, you know, or Sunday, you opened it up and you were looking for that comic, right? You didn't care about the news, right? (laughs) Kids don't. I didn't care about sports or anything else. Just like, I just got to see my Snoopy comic. And in this one, yeah, answer actually asked some important questions. He says, uh, where am I going? Well, that's an important one, right? So maybe he wasn't talking about where he was going when he died, but uh where am I going? Uh what am I doing? Right? We oftentimes ask that question. We're going about maybe our everyday stuff. What am I doing? Like am I work, <clears throat> home, my relationships? What am I doing? And he asks this question <clears throat> What is the meaning of life? And Hopefully, I, I would hope if you're in this place, <clears throat> you'd answer it a little bit differently than uh, maybe the person on the street who who doesn't know God, doesn't know anything about Him, has never been to church. Those answers are probably going to look a little bit different. And so, for uh, my five-year-old who sits in my office early in the morning when I'm getting ready and I'm um, just praying for service, um, says to serve God. I, I would I would expect that, right? Um, but but maybe that's not the answer we always get. And if we're being honest with ourselves, maybe the answer that we're we think we're supposed to give but it may not be the one that we think of all the time when we're asked that question. Uh, and so we'll be looking in Matthew, First John, and John today, all put together by Matthew and John, disciples of Jesus, who <clears throat> would pay for their lives, um, for their faith, so you would think they were pretty serious about it. But they go, both give gospel accounts of Jesus' life and ministry, and today they're really for us, I think they're going to focus in on a few things that are pretty important in regards to life. And so before I give you the fill in the blanks and go through all this, I want to just give you a couple things you can write down or think about. We're going to look at, to understand what's the purpose of life, what's the meaning of life, uh, we're going to look at three different types of life. Now, you may think, well, huh, yeah, I know, I mean, I have like my work life and my school life and my you know, family life, I'm not really talking about that. I want to give you three different types of life that the Scripture mentions. And so this first one, it'll go along with the points, so one, two, and three, but don't write them in the fill-in-the-blank. Uh, the first one is the soul life, so you can kind of write that off to the side. Uh, the soul life, the sukha life in the Greek. Um, so we all have been given a soul by God. We've been created in His image, and He each gives each and every one of us this uh, eternal soul. And so we'll talk about that, soul life. Second one uh, is this physical life. So if you're here in this room... If you're online watching then we all have a physical life, don't we? Uh, We exist in this physical world on earth, and so there's this uh, physical life that we're going to talk about as well. But when you see this in the English, you're going to see just life, 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 uh, throughout the Scripture, but they're actually different words, and they mean important things for us. And so here's the third one. Uh, It's the uh, eternal life. So when we hear that, we go, oh, yeah, I know about that one, eternal life. Yeah, I want to get on board with that if I don't already have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and we'll talk about that today, but we all are given this ability to enter into eternal life and experience this uh, life here on earth as well as it leads up to actual eternity. Uh, and so that word is the Zoe life. So we've got the Succa life, the bios life, the physical, and then the Zoe life. Uh, and so this first fill-in-the-blank is going to be the purpose of life, the purpose of life. And we find this in Matthew sixteen twenty-four through 26. In verse 1 or in verse 24 it says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Uh, so this doesn't sound like an easy thing to do, right? It's actually right after uh, there's this interaction between the disciples and uh, Jesus. He continues to tell the disciples, Hey, I'm gonna go to the cross, I'm going to die a death for the entire world, I'm gonna take on sin, and I'm gonna conquer it. And Peter here, he doesn't like this too much, and so he says something to Jesus before. He says, that's never going to happen, Jesus. And, and what happens in this interaction before? He, he tells him, you can get behind me, Satan. And then Jesus shares some more important words with us here in 24 through 26. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So that sounds like a little more, a little more weighty burden um, than just kind of going about life. Easily or uh, freely, or kind of just doing what we want, you know, whatever makes us happy. If you were to ask somebody, what's the purpose of life? They might say, well, to just try to avoid as much difficulty as possible, to try to have, you know, uh, money in the bank, to make sure that my family is taken care of. Um, And then at the end, you know, I'd like to to be able to have my family standing around me going, you know, good job, you really provided it for us. Well, now all those things are good, and God wants us to serve our families and take care of them and have some semblance of purpose in the areas we live in this world. But he also wants us to go, what does it look like as a believer to live in this life and take it seriously for his sake, for the gospel? Well, in verse 25, we see that it says, For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And this word here in the Greek is this um, word sukkah, uh, and it's this word for soul life. And when Jesus talks about laying his own life down, we'll look at this later, but uh, when he talks about laying his own life down, he says, I'm gonna lay down my life, my sukkah for my people. So his, his own soul, his worth for us, he was gonna sacrifice, and then he, he talks about, and we'll read this later again, he's gonna take it back up. He's going to take it back up. And so uh, for us, for whoever would, lo- would save his life, so most people you know, want to save their lives, right? We don't want to uh, end life um, prematurely. We don't want to uh, forsake life. We want to have some meaning and some purpose. And so he says, whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, and this soul, this word in Greek, and you look at the literal definition of it, it's this breath of life for the soul. Now, um, we are different Case okay, so we were wondering, we looked at creation in the fall uh, several weeks ago, and so we're different than animals, right? We're different than the rest of creation. Um, we have this eternal soul that, um, uh, that maybe you're talking with a friend who doesn't believe in God, um, or maybe someone who says they're an atheist might say, well, no, there's no purpose, there's no soul, there's no nothing. Well, if you even look to like ancient philosophers, um, guys like Plato and Aristotle, they talked about this um, eternal soul, the etern- eternality of the soul, which uh, basically they, they just kind of summarize and they go, hey there's something that's inside of each person intrinsically that points us to this idea that there's more than just the physical existence, okay? And so when we look at this, we have to go, okay, now Jesus, we know what you're talking about. You're talking about this soul life. You've given each one of us a soul, but, but what do we put all of our attention, all of our focus, all of our life into it? What's our purpose of this life? Well, we'll keep going and we'll understand a little bit better. In verse 26, it says, For what will it profit a man?" If he gains the whole world forfeits his soul, or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Where there's a lot of things that um, I think people would say they would give. I don't know if they'd really you know, carry that out. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking of a Disney movie. I don't know why I always think of Disney movies when I'm like, you know, going through the text. They, uh, in, in many ways, illustrate kind of important ideas for us. Um, we got to go see a play a couple of years ago with the Ham Girls, uh, uh, The Little Mermaid, entitled The Little Mermaid. And so if you've seen that, you kind of know what goes on um, Ariel, she like, she's like, I got to get on land, right? I got to figure out what's going on there. I wanna. She sings some songs about it. I won't sing any, okay? Um, I know some of them, but I won't. Um, and so uh, she, she wants to get up on the mainland, right? So she goes to Ursula, right? This kind of crazy, wicked lady. And um, she makes a deal, right? So she signs this contract, and the deal is, hey, I'm going to let you go on land. I'm going to give you some legs for this time period. But then, you know, if you can't find true love's kiss in three days, then your soul belongs to me. And you, know, you think, well, that sounds crazy. We've talked to any teenagers lately. You might get a better idea of a, a kind of that like, extreme you know, hormonal imbalance, things that are going on. They go, well, I would give anything for love, right? Well, what does verse 26 tell It says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? For what shall a man give in return for his soul? People would say they'd give probably a lot of things for their own soul. What has Jesus done for us? He, he's given us, he, he went and he, he gave us his soul, so that we might save ours. And so we might be willing to give a lot of things, but this purpose for our life, this soul life, it's, it's important, right? We can't just be about anything. We can't just be about doing what we want or just maybe trying to gain happiness or achieve something for ourselves, because in the end, well, that really leaves us empty, doesn't it? So that's the soul life. So here's the second one, uh, the brevity of life. And you should see that up there, the brevity of life. Uh, and there's another little picture I want to show you um, this is actually uh, a picture of my uh, grandfather's uh, antique Elgin pocket watch. So if you know anything about pocket watches, Elgins are like, you know, the deal, right? Uh, so th- this watch is probably early 1900s um, watch, and um, when my grandfather passed away, uh, my grandmother gave this to me, and it's got his tie tack on it. Nobody wears tie tacks anymore, but uh, <laughs> it's attached to that pocket watch, and um, I, I have it close to me. I won't tell you where. I'll tell you where. It's, it's important to me, it's valuable. And uh, so, this, this Elgin Pocket Watch it sits close to me on a regular basis, and it reminds me of something because that watch stopped. Now, I might take it in and try to get it fixed one day. That'd be cool you know, if it worked again. Uh, but it stopped just before 4 o'clock, and it doesn't take anymore. And the truth is, as we look at God's Word and we talk about life, like we know what the soul life is, like there's this eternal soul that we know is going to go on, it's going to be either uh, separated from God in hell or it's going to be with God in heaven forever. So there's this eternal soul that we have to um, understand, it's a part of our being. Uh, And then there's this physical life, right? That we know that we experience for a time, we're here, and then we're gone. So we will pass away and this physical life will end, we know that God's going to give us this new uh, heavenly body, right? That's going to be nice, isn't it, as we think about All the ailments and all the difficulties of life now, we're like, I'd like that new body right now, because that body, not going to have any problems, yeah? And so all throughout the scripture, we see this, God talks about this, but then there's this constant reminder, there's this physical life that's brief, isn't it? I mean, compared to the expanse of eternity. So we want to make the most of it, okay? So let's take a look at what it says here. Uh, we're going to be in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. And again, we, we looked at this passage a few weeks ago. We were talking about the fall and, and the areas that we will struggle and fall in. And this is one of those, <clears throat> kind of helps illustrate it for us. Uh, so in verse 15, so don't waste your time. Here's what it's going to say. Uh, verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Surreal of Alexander, Alexandria said this about this verse, What is there in the world but vanity, which is of no use to anybody? Now, <clears throat> maybe that's kind of a, kind of a harsh perspective. To uh, what, what is there in the world? What is there but vanity? Well, if you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll see that it talks about most of what this physical life is about and most of its vanity. So everything else except for our relationship with God and growing closer to Him, all these things become uh, vanity. And so, just like that pocket watch, I just you know I look at it and I go, it stopped right before four o'clock. I'm wondering when that was. There's a timetable for us, isn't there? On this physical existence, and it it'll stop, right? And I've been in the room when it stopped for people, and um, it's a sad time, isn't it? For those who love Jesus, it's a uh, it's a time to celebrate. I mean, absence of presence in this physical realm. And they get to be with God in heaven forever, right? Alleviated from pain, all the things that we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, uh, and so maybe we could take this perspective that um, that you know, things like hobbies and uh, like family life and all of the good things that God gives us, He doesn't want us to go, hey, don't worry about any of that. Don't you know? Um, just um, don't care for your families. Don't go to work. Don't do that kind of stuff. No, He He's given us those things for a time, for a season to do well. I'm excited in a couple of weeks because uh, our youth ministry intern, David Parker, he's going to be coming and sharing on a Sunday morning with you about work. So like, why is work important? Why does God want us to do those things and do them well? He's going to talk about that. So what the scripture talks about is not just forsaking all those things, but doing those things well and then in perspective going, if I only have this much time, what am I going to do with it? Hopefully something important, right? Hopefully something valuable um, and hopefully pursuing God. So here's just a couple of other verses to give us perspective. Um, Psalm ninety twelve says, so you probably know it, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Why number our days? Man, because it's short, right? It's brief. And so what are we going to do with it? It's important to think about that because this physical life, it's temporary, okay? So we've got this uh, sukka life, we've got this physical life, this um, bios. We see it here in verse 16. It says, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. So another church father said this about this verse, um, those who love the world have nothing. Um, so now, now we know we live and we operate in the world and we're like, well, we have to have a house, right? We have to have a house to live in. And you know, we're always thanking the Lord for that. God, thank you for giving us a place to live um, especially times like yesterday. <laughs> it's like I look out the window and uh, I was thinking, it's like a blizzard, right? This wait, it was was it a blizzard yesterday? Is that right? Or you know, I still haven't experienced that? Oh, okay, just a squall. All right. Uh, let me know when we actually get to blizzard point, because I was like, this is serious. This is serious. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know everybody think it says that I, when I was talking with Esther, she goes, "Are you okay?" <laughs> It was almost, it was almost a blizzard, okay? She's like, this is how it starts. And I'm like, I don't want to know what it's actually like, right? <clears throat> so here in verse 16, uh, we see that um, when uh, Betty talks about it, he says, those who love the world have nothing, right? So we can love the world, the things that are in it, but eventually we're going to get to this point. Where we're going to go, man, I, I just kept trying this and like it didn't make me happy. It doesn't mean don't enjoy the things that God gives us. Don't value the things that God gives us and take care of them. Um, he's just simply going, hey, Let's not make those things everything. Let's not make those things ultimate, okay? And uh, so then here's this word. Uh, it says, uh, the eyes and the pride of life. The word here in the Greek is bios. Um, it might sound familiar because it's where we get our word for, like, biology, All right. So the physical world, our physical beings. Um, <clears throat> this is where they got that from. Uh, just, and again, it just means the physical life. Uh, and there was a passage I was reading through that was interesting in Mark chapter 12, um, verses 41 through 44. It's about the widow's offering. Um, this lady who came to the temple and like she just had this like very very small insigni- insignificant amount of money that most people would think. And there's people coming by and they're going to the temple and they're you know <clears throat> throwing their offering in. And they're going look at me. <laughs> did you see what I see what I put in there? And we come to this story about the widow. I want to read it because it talks about this life. What do we really value most in life? <clears throat> Here's what it says, starting in verse 41, Mark chapter 12. And he sat down. Opposite the treasury, and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples and, to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who were contributing to the offering box, for, all, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty, and <clears throat> has put in everything she had, all she had to live on that word there for live or for life is the word bios in the greek it's for the physical life so she literally put in everything like jesus jesus is watching this with the disciples and he's going i know other people put in more but she put in everything she had and um yeah it was a it was a greater offering it was a bigger offering because it was everything she had to live on like what, what was she going to eat later that day don't know because she put all her money in there right now this isn't a message about tithing, but when we start to look at like different at these words within their context in the scripture and we see how important they are. Like God blesses us, right? He gives us far more than we deserve. And when we look at him and the way that we live, we have to go, I mean, what is my life really about? Like what what is the purpose of it? Is it at the end of the day, is it like just to get, you know, some more coin, right? Just to get some more money, just to get that like nicer house or nicer car, or just to you know, be able to take those you know, better vacations. And again, don't hear me saying, like, don't enjoy life, right? Because we should do that. And when we do those things, we go, God, thank you for blessing us. And so even then, it doesn't terminate on itself. But when Jesus talks to her about this physical life, he goes, man, she, she put in everything she had. And uh, where was she going to take care of her physical being? I, he's like, I don't know, because she, she put in everything that she had. And then verse 17, we're going jumping back into uh, 1 John uh, <clears throat> verse 17 it says, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Man, it's a good word. So Ecumenus, another church father, he said this about verse 17. Uh, Wise people do not go on despising the gospel and clinging to perishable things. The perishable things of this world. So, so what's going to last? I mean, like we know it, but it's hard, right? Like we live in the physical world, like we live in the material world. And so it's hard, like when we turn on the TV and they're going like, you deserve this now, <laughs> right? <clears throat> we, we think like we need that or we want that, right? And so it's hard for us to keep this in perspective. Um, that what is life really about? Well, if we recognize that there's brevity to this physical life, we see we're going to live in such a way, you know, like when people look at us, they go, oh yeah, like, like that person's really serious about following God. And they, they know their time is short, uh, so what are they doing with it? I well, like what 1 Peter one through 24-25 says. says, All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is, good, is the good news that was preached to you. So what are we living for? What are we what are we focused on, right? A lot of times we like we even hate like the aging process, like we're getting older, you know, and everybody's trying to like slow that down, right? But it just doesn't, you know. Uh, and so is that our focus is like slowing that down like the BIOS life, the biological life, the physical, because it's gonna keep going, right? And we can only slow it down so far we can only create the appearance that's slowed down, right? Like we don't we're not fooling anybody. We're certainly not fooling God, and so there's this timetable that as we think about it. It's going to stop, right? The clock's going to stop going. And we got to go, okay, what's the purpose of this life? Like if my, my, my soul being a part of this, what am I really about? Like deep inside, like not what people see. And then we have to realize that in this physical existence, it's, it's brief. So what are we going to do with it? we got a certain amount of time. could be tomorrow. could be 30, 40, 50 years from now. Who knows? Only God does. And so now I want to hit on this last life, this last life, the eternal life. And this last fill-in-the-blank is the goal. The goal. So what is the goal of life? Well, to get to some point, right? And well, A lot of times when we think about this, again, you ask that person on the street, they're going to go, maybe it's the kid, and they're, and they're just going like, I, I don't know, I mean like have pizza tonight. Like I was hoping we were going to do pizza tonight <laughs> at home. Um, so what's the goal, right? We all have these different ideas. As we get older, we think like, you know, yeah, to get that good job, like to put money away, to save, to set up my kids well. And then at the end, like for somebody to look at me and go like, thanks, mom or dad, right? But what is it really about? We've got this purpose. We have to understand the brevity. And we've got this goal of life. And uh, it's found in John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 5. Uh, and I, <clears throat> I think this was the first or second message before um, our family even came to the church. I, I spoke on John 1, 1 through 5, and I spent an hour on five verses. I'm not going to do that today. This is just the last point, okay? I just want to look at one verse, really. I'll talk about the other ones just briefly here. Um, and so in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, again, this is right, John 1, 1 through 4. So, if we were to learn anything else, if you were to start somebody who maybe had just entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you'd say, Hey, read the Gospel of John. That'd be a good place to start. Why? Because it provides a foundation for us, and it reminds us of what's the most important thing. What's the goal of life? We've got a purpose. We know that life is brief, but what's the real goal? Like, uh, what are we doing? Like, what are we aiming for? Um, Sigmund Freud said that the purpose of life, or the goal of life, is death. Now, if you don't believe in the eternal soul, if you don't believe that there's anything else beyond, well, first of all, it's sad, right? It's very sad. Uh, If there's nothing else beyond that, you would take that perspective, right? You know, the goal is death at some point. Well, what does God's Word say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was... God. So in this very beginning, when we're talking about Jesus and the goal for life, we've got to understand that he's, he's set things up from the very beginning to operate a certain way. This word, the logos, Jesus, is there from the beginning. And then in verse 2, he continues to talk about his pre-existence, John does. He says, he was in the beginning with God. Uh, Christostom, who's another church father, said so, uh, was in the beginning with God, has declared to us, his co-eternity. So, um, this is a fancy way to say, "Hey, Jesus, He existed from the very beginning." And if we were to understand what our really like our purpose and our goal, understand that life was brief, we would we would look to the example of Christ and go, "Okay, He's man, He's done a lot of the legwork, right? <laughs> he was there at the beginning. Um, he set everything up. Um, scripture tells us that He's prepared these good works for us in advance. Things that we're going to do in this life, like before we were even born, He's going, I know what they're going to do." i got this this laid out for him, right? And we get to, the Scripture says we get to walk in this, right? It's this opportunity that we get to to participate in this life, this eternal life that God has given. In verse 3, it says, All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And we've talked about, you know, why life? Why creation? We went over all that stuff. Like at the very beginning, what was God doing? Why did he create us? And then I think one of the most important verses in the Bible, uh, found here in verse 4, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Um, I was sitting in my study this morning, and again, Alana was up early, and she wanted to participate with me. So as I'm going through my notes, she had the Bible out. and She said, Dad, show me where we are. And she's just learning to read. <clears throat> and so I, I flipped over to John, and I'm like, here's the here's the passage I'm in. It's 1 through 5, and as she was following along, and she goes, verse 4, before I read verse 4, she actually read it how did you do that? <laughs> how did you do that? You got through a whole sentence. She goes, in him was life, and life was the light of men. That's different coming from a little person, right? Sometimes, like, we read things, and we're just like, oh, yeah, I mean, in him was life, right? We know that eternal life. When she read it, she read it slowly. When she was reading it, she was reading it for the first time by herself. And, and that tells you something, right? We're, we see things, we read things for the first time. The light was flicking on. Right? I already know she's, she's put her faith and trust in Jesus, and she, we talk about that all the time. When she read that, felt like she understood better what God's goal for us is, and that in him was life, and life was the light of men. And this word here for life, thats referenced reference this is Zoe, life. It's this word in the Greek, Zoe, for eternal life. So when we see this, uh, when John's saying this, he goes, in him was eternal life. And this eternal life was the light of men. So, like, when the rest of the world looks around, looks at Jesus, looks to us, they're going, like, there's something going on there. And there's a light there. And everything else, in the, like, that I, like, <laughs> looking from the outside in for somebody who's not a believer, like, I don't, like, they, they just go, like, I don't understand what that, that's about. Like, I, maybe I want that. Like, they seem happier. They seem joyful. They seem to get through life's difficulties in a little bit different way than I do. I'm like, the world is ending when something bad is going on. But when people look at us, they should see this reflection of this verse, that in him was eternal life, and the eternal life was the light of men. Like, nobody, would be, everybody would be looking around and going, like, that's the lamp. That's the light. And all throughout the New Testament, the disciples talk about this, and it's referenced over and over again, that Jesus is, and he was this light. And so we've got this physical life, we've got this um, soul life, and then we've got this eternal life that we have to do something with. Uh, it's, this eternal life is used a lot in the old testament 135 times it's found in Matthew 7 uh, 13 and 14 uh, about eternal life and you know, how do we get to that place well it says verse 13 of Matthew chapter 7 uh, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many for the gate is narrow and the way is hard it leads to life and those who find it are few we are going like wow Jesus like that's i mean that's hard <laughs> That's hard to hear, right? Well, when we read this, we should go, okay, since we understand that we have this eternal soul, right? There's this purpose beyond this physical life, this this brevity that we've talked about. And ultimately, it leads us to making, us, making a decision, right? Because we, we have to make a decision about the first two in order to go, okay, I do want eternal life, and I'm going to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, or maybe I don't care as much, and maybe I'm going to do things my own way. And everybody makes a choice, okay? And so Jesus makes this clear here. And then this is found again here in John ten ten. It's a it's an amazing passage for what Jesus talks about what he did. So John ten ten through seventeen, I want to read that for us too, because we can we can experience this life now, um, and it's not fully with God in heaven. But 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 Jesus he, he's going to tell us why he did this and how he did it and how we can experience this life with him now, this eternal life. In verse ten of John chapter ten it says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life. And that word is eternal life right there, the zoe in the Greek. Eternal life, and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life. And when he says life there, he says the uh, sukkah, his his soul. He says, I've laid down my soul for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Verse 13, he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life. This is the word sukkah there again, So, for the sheep. Verse 16, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. But what did Jesus do for us? Well, it's clear when we read this, he, he's, he knows He's going to the cross. He knows He's going to lay down His life. He's already done that from our perspective now, looking back all that way throughout time. Uh, we go, yes, Jesus went to the cross. He died for us. He, he raised from the dead. That's what He's talking about here. He says, he says I'm going to lay it down. But I'm gonna pick it back up again, and and as I do that, and by the way, nobody else can do that. So Jesus is the only one who can. He picks it back up after he's paid the penalty of sin and death with his very soul, so that what we that we would find purpose for our souls. We talked about here at the beginning um, that we would understand uh, there's this um, very serious brevity to life that we can't just you know <laughs> we can't just pretend like um, you know life's not valuable that we don't have some sort of purpose right now. And there's a goal to it. And if we understand what it's about, we go to this word for eternal life, Zoe in the Greek, and we go, that is significant. And because I've got this goal for eternity, because I've got this soul that's going to be with God forever, this life matters right now, this physical life. And I've got to do something with it because I've got this goal for eternity. And I'll finish it with this verse, verse 5. It's one of my favorites. Uh, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Um, and as we have this perspective, as we hopefully maybe changing our goals a little bit. Maybe we're thinking about our goals right now, um, as we listen to this. Just listening to God's word, um, we understand that we have purpose. And life is short, uh, and that this goal, if it's not centered around like like God and His purpose, not centered about what Alana said this morning um, to serve God. Right? If we were to make it any simpler than that, we might be about God's business while we're here on this earth, and what He has for us in the future. Um, This verse has brought me a lot of comfort over the years. The light shines in the darkness, right? Because there's difficult times. We've talked about that. Difficult seasons, seasons of pain and unfortunate circumstance. But the darkness has not overcome it. So this light that Jesus talks about, this light of men, this life that he's given us, this eternal life that we can experience now knowing that he's set aside this place for us, that we can kind of rise above a lot of the circumstances and things that are going on because we have this hope. And it gives us purpose now. Okay. And I'll close with this, just a couple of examples of you know, maybe, um, well, this is just a, an article on um, people, somebody asking people about, you know, what's the purpose of life? Uh, what's the meaning of life? A seven-year-old said, I'm not really sure. <laughs> so, so, hey, that's an honest answer. I'm not really sure. <clears throat> a 14-year-old said, I want to make a difference. Okay, right? a little bit better. A uh, 20-year-old said, I want to find somebody to spend the rest of my life with. Right? Again, good goals, right? When we ask people these things, a lot of times we think about, like, what's happening just inside this physical existence? Uh, a 40-year-old said, retire early. <laughs> Some of us have, have dreams of that, right? Retire early. Um, again, not bad things. A uh, 60-year-old said, to have a long life. Oh, 60, I, I want to have a little bit longer life, yeah. Um, <clears throat> a uh, 75-year-old said, I want to go out kicking. Uh, whatever that means, right? Maybe doing whatever they've been doing, I don't know, not, you know, I don't know. Uh, doing something, right? Um, so most of these people, when they answer this question, I got a whole list from like every age group. Uh, what is the purpose, or what is the meaning of life? Most of the time we go to this physical existence, the short part of who we are um, in the expanse of eternity, and we go, if I'm just thinking about like right now, like what's the next thing that I want to do? I know it's hard, like some of us go like, well, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, or like I don't know what we're having for dinner, like I don't how am I supposed to get to that point? Well, it's okay not to have some of those things figured out as long as you know where you stand from an eternal perspective um, that you know that you have this eternal soul um, and that since life is short man we we don't know like we walk out of this place maybe you're listening online and and you you know you whatever you're going to do tonight or tomorrow you're going to get in a car like no guarantees for life right on on when our clock stops ticking so What should be the goal? Well, it should certainly be that if we understand this, that we would put our faith and trust in Jesus and we'd pursue Him wholeheartedly. um, And that, man, we're not going to do that perfectly. I I make mistakes every day. I made mistakes today and I'm going, like, Why did I do that? Well, it's okay because the goal is eternal life. Jesus paid that penalty for us. So we don't have to live under all this weight and bondage um, that we experience. So, you know, the question is uh, how do we do this? Well, Jesus talked about it in one of the verses that we, we mentioned. Picking up our cross daily, right? We get up and we go, okay, my life matters. Because there's too much of that, right? People just going, like, doesn't matter, right? There's no purpose in, in my life and what I'm doing. There's a lot of hopelessness going around. And, and if we could just get back to this place where if we, we realize all these things, we see the significance of these different types of life that Jesus talks about in the scripture, and we go, okay, if I were to start one place, like you get up tomorrow morning, you go, let me pick up my cross. What does that look like? God what do you want me to do today? It may not be what I want to do. <laughs> uh, God, what do you want me to do today? Maybe it's um, living sacrificially. I don't know if that's with money. Maybe it's with your time. Like, hey, God, I, I don't really have time to like help that person clear the, you know, the snow again <laughs> uh, off of their driveway or whatever. Maybe it's just taking the time to go, God, what do you want me to do today? It would have some sort of eternal significance because that's what it's about, right? Not just the physical. You know, we've got these souls that understand, hey, there's something that's going to happen beyond just this life. And we've got this goal for eternal life. So maybe if you're here today and you're still like, I'm not really sure how to do that. Well, we, we, it's really kind of easy. We, uh, we believe what the Scripture tells us. We admit that we're sinners. Everybody makes mistakes like we talked about almost every day, probably. Uh, B, believe that Jesus is God's Son, that He died on the cross for your sins. He was raised again. We, we talked about this here as well, that, that Jesus said, hey, I'm going to lay it down, but I'm going to pick it back up. Right? He conquered sin and death, and He picked it back up, and He said, okay you guys can come and join me for the party, right? For eternal life as we experience it now, looking towards what's going to happen and the eternal life that we get to experience in heaven with him. And see, confess with your mouth, right? Let's take some sort of action step. We got to say, hey, and I believe that. I'm going to confess it with my mouth. I know that it's true. And the scripture tells us that we'll be saved, that we'll get to experience that abundant life now and looking towards eternity. And we step into eternity, right? And it's good news. It's not bad news. We go, hey, I I understood what life was about because I understood what all the different types of life are, and what my perspective should be, what my goal should be. Uh, and so, with that, I want to um, want to pray for us. I know we we walk into this place from different situations. Uh, maybe it's a tough week, right? Um, it's been a tough week for a lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, whether it be illness or just family difficulty, and we go, God, God like, what is the point? Like, what is the purpose? Um, what's my goal? Well, if we can keep this in perspective, that the goal and the aim should be for all of us to know and love God, to serve Him wholeheartedly with everything that we can. Uh, We'll stumble along the way, and that's okay, Uh, but God's there to pick us up, right? Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank You for uh, Your Word, for um, this season, uh, for the time that You've brought us through. I know it seems strange um, to thank You for um, difficulty and um, pain, but um, God, You've you've taught us a lot um, in the last couple of years. I pray that uh, as some lose heart and despair and lose hope, we pray that as we look at what Your Word says about life... Um, God that you you created us, you made us in your image, and you 've given us this eternal soul. Um, God that if we, if we ask enough questions, even for those who don 't trust you, who don 't follow you, um, most people believe that there 's something else beyond this life. Um, God that, as we think about how short life is um, for all of us, um, whether it 's long or short, um, wherever 's definition that is, I just pray that we would um, understand that um, the clock stops ticking at some point, and I pray that we 'd use this life well. Uh, and then uh, finally, God, uh, help us reorient our goals. Um, the goals in life of, uh, of doing a lot of good things, which we know you've given to us um, for a season, for a reason, for a time. I uh, pray that we can celebrate those, enjoy the time with our families, um, enjoy having food on the table and uh, a place to lay our heads, uh, be protected from the weather. Uh, but God, more than anything, I pray we'd be about um, what you want for us. Maybe it's not always what we want, um, things that we want to do in life. I uh, pray that we could live sacrificially and. Um, that ultimately we could just serve you um, until we get to see you face to face. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Uh, Love you, church. Have a good Sunday. Enjoy the holiday uh, if you get some of that time off of work or with your family, okay?